the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here we go. It's a Tuesday. We got through Monday, so that's always a good thing to be able to do that. So we made that. Elizabeth Sotolaro is on the line with us. That's a good thing as well. And uh, good things are moving along today. Got a lot to talk about. First of all, I want to talk about something that's coming up uh, in Faulkner County, uh, dealing with... Uh, Leslie Rutledge, our Attorney General. What's what, what's going on there about that, uh, Elizabeth? Is she there? You there, Elizabeth? I guess mute button works really well. Yeah. Okay. Good morning. <laughs> so what's going on with the, what's going on with Leslie? Well, we have a uh, fundraiser here on June twenty second. That's next Tuesday evening, uh-huh. and it's Leslie Rutledge is the uh, sponsored speaker. Good it's for the Republican women here in Faulkner County. Okay. We plan to bring Leslie in June to speak so we know what her platform is and what she's interested in to run for governor. We will be bringing Sarah in August. Oh, good. So on June 22nd, Ms. Leslie Rutledge is the keynote speaker. We've got a great event planned. It's a Flag Day Memorial event, even though it's a week beyond. We couldn't get it booked for last night. <laughs> um Lots of good good stuff going on. We have a silent auction. We have a, a pistol that we could you know auction off. We have some jewelry from Sissy's Log Cabin. Whoa. But the main thing is we hear a lot of people talking about, you know, we don't know what this one has to say and that one has to say. Well, here's your chance. Leslie is the keynote speaker, and she will be telling all about it on the night of the 22nd. All right. Um, so she'll can, be, is she going to take questions, do you know? I don't know. I mean, it's a friendly event. It's a you know Republican fundraiser. There ought to be a lot of good conversation. Those are usually very well attended, and a lot of interesting comments are usually made. Good, good. You know, yeah. that's that's something that we've been waiting for, for the candidates uh, to get out and start talking uh, to the people. That's something that has been a little slow and I'm glad to hear that Sarah has decided to come in as well because that's been a little slow, to be honest. So everybody's got to be uh, smiling about this then. Well, right. And we, uh, very frankly, it took us a while to book Sarah. We we uh, had to set up these events, of course, months ahead of time. And it's been quite a struggle to get an answer from Sarah Huckabee. Okay. But, but right you now, have it it's now. about Leslie. She's the first one up on June 22nd. But she is now. Both of them are in in the in, in I guess on the calendar, so to speak. Yes, they're booked. They're booked, and we're good to go. 
um, again, I'll put a link up on your page for this event so that okay. if people are interested, there's still time for tickets. There's still time for tickets. It's going to be a wonderful event and uh, food and giveaways and goodies and lots of good speaking. All right. Fantastic. We're looking forward to that. Now, there are other things, and I always like having you on because you keep us up to date on what's happening in Faulkner County. What is happening in Faulkner County? Uh, you, you sent me some information. I'll let you tell everybody about what's happening. Well, of course, we have quorum court meetings every single month, and we have been woefully underfunded for a very long time with our sheriff's department. And uh, we all went to a committee meeting last evening. The big issue in our county right now is whether we spend $400,000 to purchase property for an animal shelter, uh, something we've needed for a long time. We've been underfunded, and we're having trouble with animal control issues. We have a tax, a voluntary tax. It doesn't pay enough. But our other big issue in our county is our sheriff's department. Last night at our budget committee meeting, the sheriff's department came in and said, okay, we have an emergency. Our medical doctor has resigned. We must have medical care. We need to do something. And uh, they've talked in the past as an aside of bringing in a third-party contractor. This seems to be a very good time to possibly do that. The only problem is the third-party contractor is offering a $770,000 yearly contract. That's over three times what we currently pay for medical care from a budget that is already woefully underfunded. Okay, and let me let me stop you there. Three, three times over, does that include the price of the doctor as well? Well, it's a third-party contract, and they brought in the contractor, and they brought in another person from Pope County, uh, Russellville, who is using that contractor now for third-party medical services in their jail. And they brought in the attorney who defends our department when we are sued because we're not providing appropriate medical care for prisoners. And it was a very interesting conversation, and it had a lot to do with liability and had a lot to do with... Uh, uh, overall coverage, but yes, they provide an entire, their name is turnkey, but they provide a turnkey operation. You pay them, they do everything, and yes, they are uh, discussing the hours and the different coverages. We have a doctor who's been coming in, but he was local, apparently on call a lot, but not physically there every day, which is not really necessary as long as we have a medical uh, you know, medical call every right. day so people can get their medical care unless you need an emergency. And, of course, they always have on-call people for that. Um, but, yeah, the, the new contract, which a big part of the conversation had to do with the liability issues that this company basically assumes on the county's behalf. In other words, if a prisoner would like to sue because they don't think they got their insulin on time or something, then they sue, but it's this company that has to defend, and it's not the county, which I see as a big plus. Yeah. But we we have a money problem in our county, and I don't mean revenue. I mean spending. And uh, we have two Democrats, one in charge of our personnel committee and one in charge of our budget committee. Now, those folks control a lot of the money that happens in our county. We have 13 quorum court members, and the two Democrats are in charge of the two most powerful committees. So the Democrat, who's in charge of the budget committee, pretty much puts the sheriff's department through the ringer. And they did again last night, uh, asking all kinds of questions about money. 
they don't seem to be really interested in uh, this. This Democrat doesn't seem to be really interested in the public safety aspect of the job or the fact that we need coverage or that we need desperately need appropriate funding for this department. Now we have a crisis. So between last night and tonight, tonight is a corn court meeting. This doctor will be gone in early July. So there is no time and they need to go out and find out what they can just from last night to tonight and then make a decision tonight on a a decision that costs our county over three quarters of a million dollars if they do it. Okay, so they have to make up their mind that they're going to do the $770,000-odd for health care. That includes the doctor. That includes that they'll take the liability coverage and all that up there. It's it's a whole shebang. Yeah, they haven't done any kind of study to see what it would cost if they got a doctor, got the health insurance, got the liability coverage and paid for it, paid for the insurance and all that. They don't have any of that. They, they've been completely in the dark about this. Nobody knew this was coming at all. Is that what you're hearing? Well, as of last Friday afternoon, when it first popped up, in that I suppose, I don't know when the resignation letter was turned into the sheriff's department. I know I spoke with the sheriff's department, the fiscal officer, the money person, last night, and she said, look, on Friday afternoon, we found out. Okay. So I'm not sure... You know, they're a very short timeline. In the past, we have contracted with a physical, you know, one person, a doctor, and we've paid for other services, um, I assume, through insurance and so forth. Uh, Apparently, you know, lots of discussion last night. This is an area we didn't know much about. Uh, I think they said up to a quarter to a third of our counties are now using third-party management services to Mm -hmm. handle medical care. Um, I see the liability issue as a big deal if they're doing this all over the country or all over the region, actually. They're out of Oklahoma City. Uh, You know, they should understand how to handle their business and do it over and over and over. The county, of course, has every other piece of business on its plate as well as this and has to deal with all of it. Um, it It was a big aha moment. There was a lot of questioning last night on the budget committee. A handful of our JPs sat on that committee and uh, my JP actually asked several questions, and he said, look, I mean, I need I need an apples-to-apples comparison, some kind of a menu that shows me what I'm paying for. Uh, you're saying you're going to provide all these services, but it was very – it was a lengthy meeting, but it was very – a lot of information to try to digest in one evening and then try to make a decision. Well, it seems, it's one of those things that happens, you yeah, know? Yeah, did they give them uh, how much it had cost in the past, how much – was the doctor running the county? How much was the health insurance running the county? How much was the liability insurance running the county? Did they give them a price for that versus this? Uh, the handouts that were given to the quorum court were not passed out to the public. <laughs> the transparency issue we have in Clarkner County. Right. So the observers who were there last night, we got to sit through a two-hour conversation with not a single piece of paper in front of us. We had no idea what they were discussing, where the points were coming from, what they were being told. The possible contract was in front of the quorum court members, but we didn't see it and uh, have not seen it yet. So I think there was some discussion about the total dollar amounts. Yeah, you would seem that they would. Three times as much money, so obviously about $250,000 roughly. And in fact, at one point they gave a calculation and they said, look, we've already budgeted, I think it was around 260000 for the year. 
and you're asking for 770 so you know we need another half a million dollars coming from somewhere well it's it's going to be july that's half, just half a year to the end of the year are they saying seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars for uh you know five months or are they saying seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars for 12 months well, this is part of the question. Uh, my understanding was 770 was a yearly figure. And yes, the, the, the story lines out to where we only need six months worth of coverage. There were so many numbers being thrown around and so much going on. It was, like I say, very difficult from the public's point of view to figure it out because we had nothing in front of us, which is not unusual at a quorum court meeting, at a committee meeting in Faulkner County. They many times will come up, and that's what happens at committee meetings. Obviously, that's where a lot of the business happens. And uh, it's it's a shortcoming that they don't remember to make copies of these documents so that the public who is in attendance can understand what our elected officials are doing on our behalf with our taxpayer money. So well, yeah, that, it's a lot that, to be unraveled today, I think, so that tonight it, it probably portends for a long meeting again tonight as they try to discuss the entire issue out of the, fresh out of the box and then also try to make a three-quarter of a million-dollar decision. Yeah, because I'm looking at this, and, you know, I can't see them charging you for a full year starting in July. I would think that they, they charge you for six, five, six months. That would be three hundred eighty-five. that's $385,000. Uh, you take the two fifty that that's been budgeted, and you're still th- talking about a hundred and thirty thirty five thousand dollars shortfall. Where do you come up with those dollars? Well, one hundred and thirty five thousand seems to be a little easier to find than a half a million. <laughs> that was part of the question yeah, last night. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now another thing, <laughs> we have so much going on in Faulkner County, and I'm sure it's the same in other counties as well. We have a Democrat county judge, and as I said before, we have a quorum court, 13 members, 11 of them are Republicans. So it makes for a contentious situation in many cases. Um, (laughs) We found out, we've been discussing for all about three or four weeks now, I guess, this uh, animal uh, control shelter property purchase. Elizabeth, I need you to hold. I got to get a break in. When we come back, we'll pick up on the animal control. All right. Thank you. A lot of things going on in Faulkner County and Elizabeth Altolaro is on it. She'll give you more information when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick show. Uh, Don't forget about East End Towing. When you need a tow truck, who do you call? Well, you should call East End Towing. They're going to take good care of you. Their phone number is 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. They are Arkansas Tow and uh, Recovery Board members. They are licensed and insured. They have each truck completely permitted to be used in the state. They understand the state laws like private property towing, uh, those type of things. And you want to have somebody you can call where you know where they're going to take your car. If you're in a wreck, for instance, and the state police or the city police have to come up, you don't, I'm just going to tell you now, don't have them call the tow company. Know where you want to call and the tow company you want to use. Just be prepared for it. Keep the number in your glove compartment. Keep the number in your wallet or your purse. And that number is 
8849, that's East End Towing. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking to Elizabeth Sotolaro, and she's bringing us up to date on things going on in Faulkner County. Uh, Leslie Rutledge, the Attorney General, is going to be coming in and giving a speech. Uh, we'll have her give you all the information on that again. There's going to be an auction during that particular event, a nice dinner, all kinds of things. You need to know all about it. Stay with us. I'll have her repeat all that information for you. But right now, we're at 25 minutes after 6. We've been talking about they've got a problem in Faulkner County about, you know, what are you going to do about medical care for the jail? They just had their doctor resign. He's going to be gone by July 1st. You need somebody to replace him. What do you do? They've got a group that has come in, and they've been doing this uh, for other counties around the state. They're offering uh, this to uh, the uh, Faulkner County. That includes liability insurance as well. They'll take care of all of that and uh, take care of all of their, um, you know, as far as all their medical care goes as well. But with lack of transparency that's happening in Faulkner County, it's hard for the citizenry to really know what exactly is going on quorum court meeting tonight you might want to show up Uh, i'll have elizabeth give you that information in just a moment just to see how your tax paying money is being spent but we're going to move on to a different topic uh, in faulkner county and that has to be animal control and uh, elizabeth that's where i left you off at and you can pick it up there i think you got your phone on mute there you go we got it (laughs) Well, my cat is sitting here at my elbow, and he's very, very loud this morning. He's happy that I'm up, and he's purring so loudly. I thought it would sound weird on the, on the no, radio. That's all right. We're not hearing <laughs> him. That's okay. Um, animal care, yes. We've been discussing for about a month now. Our county judge came in with a proposal to buy property on Highway 65 for $400,000 and build an animal shelter. Of course, the same old problem presents itself. We don't really have any money. We have about $1.7 million in our tax fund that gains about 150000 a year. It's voluntary tax. This shelter, they say, might run 350000 a year to run it once it's built. And so we're looking at a pretty big deal, and we have a proposal in front of us for, oh, I think it's $1.3 million to uh, spend to buy the purchase and renovate the property. So in the middle of all those conversations a couple of weeks ago or about a week ago now, our county judge decided in the middle of the meeting, and we've discussed this issue for probably two or three times at that point, he dropped the bomb that, oh, we have $1.3 million in CARES Act money. That's what they call unencumbered, meaning they can spend it wherever they need to. It's not pre-designated. Yeah, that's COVID-19 money. That's the original CARES Act money. Now, we're not even talking about the money. That's a whole separate conversation, this American Rescue Act, which is a larger, much larger bucket of money, but it is very restricted. This money, we have $1.3 million. It was, uh, of course, offered to counties. You turned in your information having to do with COVID expenditures, and the federal government calculated something out and give you, gave you money back. But you can spend the money however you need to spend it, Of course, the idea, as the sheriff's department pointed out last night, is when the money is supposed to be coming because of COVID-related expenses, the money should go back to those places that spent the money for COVID-related expenses. 
that's not exactly the way they're seeing it now. Uh, the judge, um, actually, it was the Democrat on one of the Democrats on the quorum court. As soon as the judge mentioned the money being available in the middle of the meeting, he popped up and said, "Well, I, obviously, that's where we need to take the money from to, uh, you know, buy the property and do the do the work that we need to do at the animal shelter." Uh-huh. So, you know, it's interesting that our Democrats seem to be sort of interested, and I say sort of, they're not overly interested, but sort of interested in taking care of the animal shelter problem. But for several years, and I'm literally not exaggerating, the uh, Democrat head of our budget committee has blocked and obstructed and questioned, as he did again last night, every minute, every penny that the sheriff's department needs to move around. They had a regular routine transfer going on last night, transferring money within the department, money that's already been budgeted to the department from one category into overtime. Well, why are you needing this money in your overtime account? All right. Because hold, we hold are that. 11 officers short. All right. Hold that thought because we got to go to the news and then we'll come back and talk about it, this because there's money available. Where are you going to spend it at? That's the question. And we'll get to the bottom of that when we return. All right. So when I get done with the show today, I'm going to make a phone call. Let me tell you the number I'm going to call. I'm going to call 501-952-2969. That is the number for Dustin Turner. And I told you that he's the only agent I'd call if I wanted to sell my home. Well, I've decided, had talks with the missus about it, and we're going to see what he can tell us about selling the home as is. How much money is in the house? And no, I'm not walking around. If you've seen that commercial on TV, I'm not walking around punching holes in the walls looking for money in my house. I I know that. My house is worth more than it was when I bought it. It's more than it's uh, it's worth more than what uh, they say it's worth right now. So I want to know exactly ballpark, I guess, best way to put it, uh, that I can look to get for it. And uh, Dustin Turner has been doing a fantastic job on all of that. I mean, this is a guy that's getting like $17,000 more than what you're asking for your house. So uh, $17,000 sounds pretty good to me, to be honest. Well, I hate giving up my pool, yes, but $17,000 sounds pretty good. So I'm going to make the call today. I'm going to talk to him, see if I can get somebody out to give me uh, all the information I need. 501-952-2969. I'll be dialing that number today. Or you can Google the Dustin Turner Home Team. Go online to hometeamsoldit.com. That's hometeamsoldit.com. So uh, I'll tell you what happens. Hopefully tomorrow I'll tell you what they told me on the phone call. All right, let's continue on. Elizabeth Sotolaro is on the line with me right now. We've been talking about... uh, you know, the quorum court there in Faulkner County and some different things that are going on. And uh, this is, you know, this is information that you can use, whether you're in Faulkner County, Pulaski County, Lone Oak County, Saline County, wherever you might be. Things go this way in all kind, uh, counties with the, the quorum court. They're all talking about how they're going to spend your tax money. Now, in this last meeting, evidently, the CARES Act money popped up that nobody knew about. That's something that should have been explained 
to the uh, uh, oh, they forgot. They oh, forgot. yeah, they forgot. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, you, you know, this is stuff that the people of Faulkner County should know about, especially when you're talking about what was it, three plus something million, three three million dollars in change. Uh, we're talking about for CARES Act money in our county. It's one point three million. Oh, one point three. Okay. All right. Now, so the rescue act in. fund. That's the current. That's the current batch of money. That's a totally different batch of money, and it's a lot bigger. Okay. It's a lot bigger. All right. So, but it's restricted for certain things. So the judge brings this up, and just by chance, somebody else in the meeting is ready to immediately say, "Well, let's take care of the animal shelter that way." And it seems like to me, exactly. Now, here's the thing. Here's what it seems like to me, uh, Elizabeth. The thing that you've got to do i mean you want to do the animal control thing but you've got to take care of the prisoners in your jail system so now you got some money it seems like this is where that money could come from well it would seem that that might be the case the um, of course the issue is always transparency and then secondarily everybody needs to think about this every county First-time or only one-time money. That's what CARES Act money is. That's what the Rescue Act money is. In other words, it's not an ongoing stream of revenue. It's one time. So you don't want to get out there and start. For example, I have just a fundamental problem. I don't want to use that one-time money to go build an animal shelter that then has to be operated for 350000 a year. I don't know where that 350000 a year is going to come from. I was going to bring that up. I spend the money to build it. But you know, uh, this could get just down six months down the road, taking care of the prisoners that, by law, you've got to take care of. You would think. You would think. Uh, quite a bit of the discussion they brought in the attorney who defends people. It was an interesting discussion. He he gave a lot of information. Half or more of all jail populations are on some kind of medication, so that means that half or more of your of your population in a jail you know, has got to be taken care of medically. And it was an interesting point he made. He said, you know, we all have to deal with our health problems. But if you are a prisoner in jail, the law says that you will have your medical taken care of. It is a major liability problem. Like he said, they'll sue because they didn't get their pill at 8 a.m. They got it at 8.15. He said, you know, we have a lot of that going on. And his quite a bit of his discussion was about liability. On that topic, in every other county, it works the same way. We have this thing called the Association of Arkansas Counties. They basically run your county. They tell them a lot of things. They provide a lot of information. In this particular case, they provide, I'll call it insurance. It's not exactly that, but they provide coverage for that type of lawsuits on a, on a group basis. And it's based on your, your premiums, if you will, our county pays a premium to the Association of Arkansas Counties for coverage in case we get sued. But that's based on population. It's not based on actual – it's not like your insurance at home. It's based on your, your risk factors because of your medical history. It's based on numbers. Mm-hmm. So they currently have liability protection through this group. This company, if you contract with them for medical services in your jail, they take on a lot of that liability. And they asked a little bit about that. The guy said, well, I mean, we have a big operation. We have a lot of ways to save money. 
And, of course, again, I kind of like third-party groups in a lot of ways because they know how to run, in this case, they know how to run medical care for jails. No, it's not their first rodeo. You know, we're not educated in that. So... Yeah, it's not their first rodeo. They've been doing this in some other counties. Uh, Of course, they haven't had time to check with those other counties to see how how it's uh, being run. I mean, that's something they'll want to check out as well. But right now, they're between all... They brought in a fellow last night using it in Pope County. Yeah, and and he said... It was complimentary, of course, saying how it, it, it took a lot of stress off of their system locally. Um, okay. There's a lot of reasons for that without getting into the weeds. Well, we don't um, have to go to the weeds. We can figure it out. No. I mean, if I, mean, if I could have somebody take care of all of my bills for me and I wouldn't have to spend uh, an hour paying all my bills at a, on a certain day of the month and they charge me very little for it, I'd be happy to let somebody take that over. Well, and that's the thing. According, you know, given what we've been paying, you know, for one person one individual with no comprehensive program. I mean, this, I, I, I may sound like I'm promoting the program. I'm really not, but the information involved, I mean, there's a psychiatric component to the care that they provide that we do not have now. They provide, you know, psychiatric uh, evaluations and issues and help you with those kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have a lot of that in a jail. We don't really have any specific way of handling that now. Uh, there are a lot of things. We have detention officers who spend a certain amount of time every day counting out pills and trying to get them all sorted out so oh they can gosh. dose. You know, and, and it's it's just kind of an awkward, <laughs> at best, awkward situation. But it's about transparency. Obviously, when something comes up and you have an emergency, this person turned in a, a resignation, they're going to be gone on July the 8th then we have to move very, very quickly. Yeah, you're, you're um, caught between a rock and a hard place as far as they're concerned. Exactly. They've, exactly. Got, they've got to so, make a decision, and they don't have a lot of time to make it in. I would suggest I that it, if they hire somebody the next time, they should ask for a 90-day uh, necessary <laughs> informational time that you're told that somebody's leaving. That was something somebody should have done with the doc. Well, it's one of those situations where apparently the arrangement we had with the doctor is, again, something that not many counties are doing very much of anymore. Mm -hmm. It is a way to save a lot of money. That's why we've been doing it. We have not been able to come up with the funding to do any different, uh, you know, to do a different uh, approach to this. Again, I see that as an overall problem. Our county has. Well, that's a budgeting problem. Let's face it, Elizabeth, that's a budgeting problem. When we're talking about, by law, something that your jail must do, that's got to be at the top of the budget. Well, you would think. That's why I think last night was interesting, because we already have this pretty big 800-pound gorilla in the room, which is this purchase for animal shelter, that we don't have money for operational expenses. That's on the back burner. Far as I, if and I were sitting on the now quorum we have court, this. if I'm sitting on the quorum court, that's saying that's coming down and it's dropping right in front of me. I go, I'll talk about this after we take care of the important things, which is this. This is a want. This is a need. We got to take care of the needs first. Well, and remember that we have a big problem in Faulkner County with animal 
problems in that we lost a young man, was killed by a pack of wild dogs last spring, which is what, of course, brought the animal problem right to the forefront Mm -hmm. and turned the heat way up from simmer to a boil. And uh, so it's, it's a lot of public pressure from the public on the animal control problem, which has been a well-known problem for quite a while. Sounds, so you, you, correct, you correct me if I'm wrong here. They've known they've had this problem. They haven't done anything about it. Now, they've got this deal that they've got to take care of with the jail because that is, by law, something they've got to do. So they've put themselves in a double hard place now because they gotta, they got to take care of this other uh, particular problem as well. But it's got to wait until you take care of the things that you absolutely have to take care of. And the jail is something you absolutely got to take care of. It was absolutely a point that the, that the attorney made last night about the fact that you are constitutionally bound to provide very adequate medical care. There you you got cannot it. ignore this. Yeah. You must not ignore this. You have no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That has got, and from now on, that's got to be at the top of your budgetary list. Your police, your ambulance, your EMT, your jail. Those are all things that have got to be taken care of. Everything else, you go down. You, it's just like everybody does their budget. You got to take care of the things that you got to take the care of. Go in first. That's right. You know, you got to well, do those things. And it amazes me that they don't do that. Well, we had a couple of choices to come up with the money for a possible ordinance possible solution to the medical care problem and one of the sources was the existing criminal justice tax which already has proven to be inadequate for funding the operations of the sheriff's department Mm -hmm. then we had this little bucket of cares act money and we had another choice and the committee last night had three different ordinances each one with a different source in it and they decided to go forward with taking the money from the criminal justice tax Okay. And that is just for discussion purposes for tonight at the quorum court. I feel like that's the wrong bucket of money. I agree with you. I think it should come out of the CARES Act money. That is a need, not a want, and has to come first. And, and it, in it fact, gives you some breathing room. It gives you a little breathing room, and we happen to need it pretty badly right now. It's true. They don't, I mean, they've got to make a quick choice, and you yep. don't have enough time to decide what's going to happen with medical care next year. All right. Hold so on. Hold your thought. Sit, keep it right there. You know yeah. what? I, you know what I'm going to say. Got to take our final break Time here. For a break. That's right. Got to take our final break this hour. Uh, Elizabeth Sotolaro's with us. Interesting discussion today going on about local politics. Something that I'm hoping that you know is going on with your own quorum court. Do you have questions about filing for Social Security? Get the answer in a simple, easy to understand booklet called. Your Guide to Social Security is by David Lucas. David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. Uh, It's 27 pages long. It outlines what you need to know, and it can help you get even more income when you file for your Social Security. If you're within five years of filing for Social Security, then uh, get this letter uh, free, this booklet. It's not a letter. It's a booklet. Get it free by calling 501-222-3315. You can do it today. You can do it right now. And as a bonus, you'll receive a free customized Social Security analysis that's going to pinpoint the optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits. 
Pick up the phone, call right now. Again, number 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. All right, back with Elizabeth. We're going to finish up this hour now. And as we've listened to what she's been telling us about what's going on at the Quorum Court in Faulkner County, I'm hearing the same problems that I hear all the time from quorum courts, from city councils, from state government, from all kinds of places, and this is what it is. They don't budget correctly. That's that's the bottom line. They don't budget correctly. Nothing will make me madder on the air than to hear a mayor or a judge stand in front of the media and say, we need extra tax money because – we need it for public safety. We got to have it for the police. We got to have it for ambulances. We got to have it for fire. No, you don't. You've got the money to take care of those things. It's the things at the bottom. You got to decide what is not important and does not get funded. The things at the top must get funded because they take care of your citizenry, and that's what they don't do. And I'm. You get it's getting me all uh, emotional here because I I just get so tired of them talking. People, it's only a penny, you know. I just get so tired of hearing that. Well, we we've said it for several years. We don't have a revenue problem per se. We have a spending problem in our county, and you know across the state in every form of uh, government we've got, we've got a spending problem. People would be more involved and be a little more aware, by the way. And thank you for letting me broadcast and talk about the information in Faulkner County. I'm sure that other counties have very similar issues. I'd love to hear from those counties. And priority spending. I'd love to hear Um, from those counties. Bring it on. And we've got a whole lot of money coming at us from the government here. And it's our money coming back at us. But the fact of it is it's coming at us hard and fast. This CARES Act money in our county, um, there's only $1.3 million. I can think of about three different things right this moment that would take all of that money that we need desperately to take care of because we have ignored proper funding of our sheriff's department for too many years. Um, we're, we're, we know we've been it's been talked about for quite a while now. Ever we, we tried to reallocate some tax funds last year, and our Democrats totally blocked it. They blocked the election special you know, special situation. Uh, we know that we're going to be asked for more tax money. We know that that's where they're heading with a lot of this. Sure. I find it sure, interesting because that they, we were they a, haven't budgeted it correctly, Elizabeth. You know why they're going well, to correct, ask for more. Correct. Correct. We've, you know, zero-based budgeting says you start out every year and show what you need your money for. You don't get to get the bucket that you started with last year and add to it, which is the way our government likes to, of course, do that. They hope thing. it's going to be that um, way. I mean, when I make my budget, I don't do it that way. I can't do mine that way. (laughs) I mean, I understand. Um, I understand something might come up. Like, for instance, what you guys got coming up here now, dealing with uh, medical care for your inmates there at the jail. I understand that. And that, that, that jumps up and bites you in the butt. I understand that. And now you gotta, you gotta kind of figure out what you're gonna do. Put that on a. Let me put that in a in a way that maybe people understand even better. Five years ago, I wasn't in, I wasn't uh, uh, going as far as I knew to have uh, a quintuple bypass operation. 
I did. And a whole lot of money was told that I had to pay. All right. So I had to figure out and scramble about what I was going to do. Sometimes you got to do that in county government. But I tell you what it didn't have to scramble to do, how to pay my mortgage, how to pay my car insurance and things of that nature. All that money was there. And I was going to take care of that. Then I had to talk about what we're going to do about the the heart operation money. I got to have a place to live. I got to have money to eat, you know, with. I've got, I've got to have money to, you know, to heat my house and cool my house and things of that nature. So you government officials, they don't do it that way. Saying, yeah, they're fond of saying, oh, government, government doesn't operate the same way. Well, yeah, it money should. operates that way. You must take <laughs> care of priorities first. You don't get to just go frizzle it away and then apparently go back and ask the taxpayers repeatedly for more because they're not spending appropriately. Yeah, then they got to um, alter their budgets. Well, again, this is our, our – <laughs> we had some discussions last night about the, uh, the these folks work for the taxpayers. You know, they work for us, but – I will say that part of the problem is that many times in many counties, they're operating totally silently at those meetings with no public there at all. The public's not interested. They're not watching. They're not paying attention. We're pretty involved in Faulkner County. We've had enough money problems here for a while. We've got some major issues facing us, and there's a strong uh, conservative Republican community here that's interested in doing things right. It's been a real fight in our county because we have a Democrat county judge and we have two Democrats each in charge of the budget and the personnel committees. Can you imagine more powerful positions? So it's been a challenge and it will be interesting to see tonight uh, whether we do one project, both projects, or pick one over the other. All right. Um, I'm with you. I think the jail needs to be handled first. I agree with that. 100 percent is as the lawyer said the attorney for the county it's a constitutional thing you gotta do all right gotta take a break we got the bible guys coming up elizabeth it's been a very eye-opening hour today on the dave ellswick show thanks so much we'll see you again next tuesday right here at 1011 fm the answer you're welcome of Richie Havens from Woodstock. You know, just, I just, I, I start, I want to start saying freedom. You know, anyway. 
What can I say? My long hair comes out. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah, look at me. You see any long hair coming out? I, I do. Oh, you actually. do? Okay, I'm just wondering. <laughs> Scott Stewart is here, pastor over at Agape Church. Today, Billy is not here. He's under the weather. Steve is working. Mm-hmm. So they can't be here today. So it's just Scott and I. It's always interesting to do it this way once in a while because this is the way it started. This is the way it started. That's you know, right. it's just like when Joe is here by himself and uh, does cars. It's funny yeah. because 18 years ago, 19 years ago, he came on my show and it was just me and him. Oh, wow. So uh, You guys have known each other that long. Oh, yeah, I, we've known each other for 20 years now. Wow. So yeah. it's been a, a long a long time and, and uh, a good relationship. And I've known you for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's gone by fast, but it's been... Over a decade. What? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. No way. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. All right. So I got questions for you. All right. I got, people came through last night, man. It, my my phone was buzzing. No, good. All right. So here's my first one. It just says, I'd like to hear how the Bible guys would interpret the verses in Matthew 24, 32 regarding the fig tree. Oh, right. Is that Israel? Mm. Uh, I have heard this teaching most of my life, but have only now come to question it. Your help would be most appreciated. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I have. Um, I grew up hearing about the fig tree as well, and it's in relationship to Matthew 24, which deals with uh, the end of time. Jesus comes out of the, um, out of the temple area, and he shows... Uh, actually, the disciples come to Jesus and show him uh, the temple and all the buildings there, and um, and they're marveling at them. And Jesus says, "There won't be one stone left upon another that will not be thrown down." And they said, uh, "When they said, tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your of your return and the end of the age?" So they ask him three questions, and then he goes through this uh, this discourse describing. When the temple will be destroyed, what will be the signs of his coming and the end of the age? So, the, so Matthew twenty four deals with these three questions, and then um, and then Jesus tells a small parable at the end about this fig tree, and he tells them to watch for the budding of the fig tree. Now, I have uh, I also have heard my whole life that the fig tree is uh, when Israel became a nation. Have you heard that, Dave? I've heard that. Yeah, I don't uh, think that that's what he's talking. No, about. no. Uh, it, it's 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 par, it's parabolic language, um, and basically he's explain that term. Parabolic, parabolic is dealing with parables, so it's a way of um, a way of, we call it parabolic speech or parabolic teaching. which deals with uh, teaching in parables, and so a parable is going to be um, kind of a, a story with a, a central theme or a moral to it. It's not meant to be picked apart. I mean, for example, do you remember this is as an example? Uh, Dave, do you remember the old Aesop's fables? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, and like one I'm just remembering right now is there's, um, there is a, um, a crow, uh, on a branch and it happens to have a, I think it's a piece of cheese in its beak and this fox is on the ground and the fox says to the crow, Oh crow, I miss your beautiful sound. You know, please sing for me. Please sing for me. And the crow playing to his vanity. Yeah. Right. And the crow doesn't do it. And, the fox keeps on and keeps on and keeps on until the the crow really believes now that he has a beautiful voice, and we all know he doesn't. Cool. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and so what happens is the the fox eventually convinces the crow to sing, and when he sings, what happens? The cheese he drops the cheese. Cheese falls out of its mouth. The fox picks it up, 
and the fox walks off with it. And then it says, and the moral of the story is this, never trust a flatterer. So that's good, huh? That's good. But now some people might get caught up with, now what does the cheese represent? Yes. Or what does, so that they'll get they caught represent, up. The cheese represents nothing the, except cheese. Right. So sometimes we get caught up in all these, the minutiae and the details when really what's being, what we, what the authors want us to get is, what is the moral of the story? Yes. What am I trying to say? So um, I think we've kind of done that with this parable of the fig tree. So the fig tree, uh, I don't think it represents Israel uh, per se. Typically, Israel is represented as an olive tree in throughout the, the Old Testament. So if you're looking for a representation of a tree, it would be an olive tree more so than a fig. But what it's really saying, it says, you know, learn the, fi- the parable of the fig tree. When it starts putting forth its uh, fruit, you know that spring is near. So basically what Jesus is saying is watch for these things I just told you about. And when you see them beginning to, to, to bud, you know that the time is upon us. So it's really just telling them to watch for the signs of the times. And when you see the bud happening, you know that the fruit or the fullness of uh, this destruction or my return is at hand. So that's wow. <coughs> so pretty, pretty easy, really. It, it really. it really is. If you take it in context and it's basically saying, hey, listen, what, when you see the bud coming in spring or when you see the buds coming, you know spring is near. So when you see these things beginning to happen, you know the end is near. So that's really the point of that particular um, parable. And then in other areas of Scripture, it says when you see these things, my return is near. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, the, same, uh, it's the same thing. So doesn't mean now. It might not mean next hour. Right. You know. Right. So <laughs> you know, you know, the Bible, is, is when it deals with time, it's, uh, it's not elastic, but uh, you have to think differently about time when you think about the Bible. Um, for example, you know, the Bible say things like, um, and the prophet knew his wife and she conceived and bore a son and they called his name, whatever. Well, in that one verse, you have at least nine months that passed because the prophet knew his wife and she bore a son. Well, mm-hmm. you got at least nine months passing in one verse of scripture. So, so you, when you look at the scripture, you have to understand that they're dealing with, you have an infinite God who is timeless, who is expressing that through people who are dealing with time you know in their own life so sometimes you have to uh give um give way to an ideal of um of infinite time so yeah so it's hard to put a timing on things because of um our natural temporal uh, perspective plus the fact that um we deal with time based on a solar calendar but the bible is written on time based from a lunar calendar so when you do that you get it messed up um, a lunar calendar has 354 days, whereas we have 365 days, which in the beginning doesn't seem like a lot, but you add thousands of years and all of a sudden those now few you days, got several hundreds, years yeah, maybe or yeah, whatever. It really begins to extend. Plus also the Hebrew day uh, begins in the evening, whereas our day begins in the morning. Uh, we see that happening in Genesis 1 where the Bible says uh, the evening and the morning were the first day. And so even to this day, the Hebrew calendar or the Hebrew time shifts at around six o'clock uh, in the evening. That's when their new day begins. So when you think of that way, then the Bible says Jesus did this on this day, or um, you know this happened at the third hour. Well, you got to think biblically about hours and days and mm-hmm. months and years. If you just bring it into our time, then you'll you get a little bit confused with that. Yeah, you can get it screwed up. You do, especially if you're dealing with prophetic things, because if prophecy deals with with times and dates and things like that, well, you certainly have to think biblically or Hebraically about it. Otherwise, um, 
But, you know, we, we try to make everything American, and we just mess it up that way. I think well, we, and I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. I, I, I went and saw over uh, last uh, this last week, we took our, our tour. Dave oh, that's Ellsworth right, tour. yeah. We went to Branson, and we went and saw Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, it's a great yeah. presentation, mm-hmm. but there's a little slap-happy room there for dramatic interlude. Sure. All sure. right, and you got to understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you go see the Ark, which we did that too. Yeah, they let you know they have taken some dramatic license. Mm-hmm. And for instance, nobody knows what Noah's wife's name was, right? But they gave her a name. Yeah, because she had one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So they gave her a name. May not be the right one. Mm-hmm. And uh, they want, you know, they went through that and explained it all. And yeah. that some things we, they look from, they look at everything from a new earth perspective. Yeah. So they look at it differently right. than what science looks at everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to filter it. You have to filter it, filter it that way. Otherwise you're going to, uh, you're going to misunderstand. You're going to get confused. Yeah. yeah. I, I went and saw the, uh, the Jesus play um, a few months ago. And did you like it? I did. One thing I thought was really, it was surprising. Uh, it was cool, but surprising is when he when he turned the table over in, in the temple and it all went in slow motion. Yeah. Wasn't that cool? They were able to do that. Yeah, yeah they were able to do that. And then they had the gold paper. It looked yeah. like money yeah, and, it, and it was floating down. Slowly, yeah. yeah. No, that was really, really it was, cool. It was nice. Yeah. Although I wish he would have braided the cords together. <laughs> yeah, that I would have liked, yeah. liked that a little bit more than he just picked it up off the ground yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I liked the way that they showed the demonic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought they did that very well. Yeah. Yeah. Did you catch the part where the pigs were running off the cliff? Yes. Yes. That was pretty cool. I mentioned that to some people. Said, what pigs? Oh, and I really? Said, well, you saw the pigs at the beginning. They oh, went yeah. past them. Yeah. And because they used real pigs, uh-huh. hogs went by them. But if you watched in the back, yeah. you, you saw, saw the, the pigs bit. jump off of the cliff. Yeah. Yeah. That was Which cool. Thought, yeah. It was, it, you know, it's, it's an impressive show. Yeah. People should go see it. I think they would really enjoy it. I do too. And, uh, you know, revel in. You know, the the great things that God has done and yes. and the great things that Christ did. Mm-hmm. And um, my favorite part of the show was the special effects they used when Peter walked on the water. Yeah, when Jesus... Didn't that look real his, to you? He, when he took his, stuck his hand and pulled him out, now that was cool. Yeah, well, yeah. I thought that the water looked real. Yeah. I mean, it they, looked they, like they filled up the stage of water. Amazing stuff going on there. That was did, impressive. Did you guys go behind the scenes? Uh, no, that? we didn't no. do that before. Yeah. I've, I've done that before. Have you? Yeah. I'll give you a, a little uh, trivia, oh. and they probably, they may have mentioned it to you, but the back of the stage uh, there at Sight and Sound is the exact size of the ark. Is it really? Yeah. When they built it in, initially, uh-huh. it was three square foot short, so they added three square feet. Really? So that it's exact, the exact huh. same size is what the arc is wow i thought that was pretty that amazing. is cool yeah and then when you get to go out on the stage you finally you you, you realize how much room they got to fill up on that stage yeah it's huge I, I went to i went behind the scenes uh for moses and uh-huh. and when i went behind there what i was surprised at is it looked like there was as much space behind the stage yep. as there was in front which gave them all that room to move the sets around behind stage I mean, it was very impressive it is it was very impressive and and they're keeping right with uh mr ham is really big on this stuff yeah. uh you know uh, the people oh, pardon me not mr ham the people from 
uh, Pennsylvania that, mm-hmm. that own Sight & Sound keep up with all of the latest technology yeah. that they're using on Broadway and mm-hmm. stuff. Right. It's pretty amazing. Uh, the projection is, is just fantastic. When they, move, when they move those boats and stuff, that's all done by Bluetooth. Is it really? Yeah. That's all done by I Bluetooth. I was saying there's a guy with a remote control no, or something. you know where that came from? Where? It came from Phantom of the Opera. Did it really? Yeah, from the uh, the the labyrinth scene. Oh wow, that's where that all started at. Oh. All right, got to get a break here. Have to take a break, and uh, let me remind you about uh, PI Roofing. PI Roofing is ready to take care of you right now. It's dry. All right, it's going to be dry this week. They're telling us chances of rain going to start building by this weekend, but by beginning next week, we're probably going to see some rain. Now's the time to call them. At 707-3551 and have them come out and inspect your roof. Make sure uh, you don't have problems building up for the future. I know I do. I'm going to have to put a new roof on top of the house. Uh, Problem is, the question is, as I talk to the people that I talk to, they say you might want to do it by the end of the year, but you can get away to sometime next year. So I'm waiting until next year, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why. I'm going to be honest about it. I'm hoping it hail. Just so you know, hail's around this place all the time. So I'm hoping it hails, and that's going to save me a lot of money if that happens. So that's the reason I'm doing it, uh, because I'm, I'm going to have to replace it, and replacing a roof is not cheap. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, also, when you talk to them, talk to them. They'll tell you about how... This could be the final roof that you pay for on your house. There's a reason. There's a way to do that, and you need to talk to them about it. That's PI Roofing, 707-3551 or piroofing.com. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, 23 minutes after 7 on a Tuesday. Uh, tomorrow, Harding University will stop by. We'll be talking to them. I just mentioned PI Roofing. Joel Johnson's going to come into the studio and sit down and talk to me about roofing a little bit. Uh, and then uh, Congressman Hill and Congressman Westerman in the 7 o'clock hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show, just so you know that it's coming. All right, right now, though, Scott is here. Scott Stewart from Agape. I got questions for him, or you got questions for him. And here's your next one. Uh, I should get the Jeopardy music and play. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to ask, this is, I'd like to ask Steve and Billy, right. but I'm going to ask Scott because he's the one that's here today, mm-hmm. all right? What your thoughts are regarding the building of a third temple? I have heard them say uh, they study end-time events and would be interested to know their thoughts. There's a lot of stuff on the Internet, but I don't know where to look to get the right answers. Also, if Scott has a different view than the others, I'd like to hear that as well. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure uh, what Steve and Billy um, think about the, the third temple. Uh, and, 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 the, and the questioner is right. There's a, a lot of stuff out there on the Internet that you can, uh, that you can go and you can find and you can see. <coughs> Excuse me. I guess how much can be trusted? Yeah, right. On the internet? Yeah. You can trust everything on the internet, no, can't yeah. you? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, okay, If it's on ahead. the internet. I hear Matt I see I hear I hear Madeline Kahn's voice <laughs> from Blazing Saddles when I say it's true when the lights go out and she's talking about the sheriff. It's true. It's true. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, well, <laughs> uh uh 
don't quite get all that, but that's all right. Uh, <laughs> I'll just keep on moving right along. Don't don't worry about it. Don't. a lot of listeners didn't get it either. That's okay, okay. go ahead. Um, <clears throat> so um, there are there is especially Ezekiel. There's a, a temple uh, that Ezekiel talks about, and uh, it talks about where um, you know water is going to flow from this this third temple. It's going to fill the uh, the land of Israel. It's going to flow into the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is going to come back alive. So I, I think that there is enough uh, talk about a third temple to believe that, yes, there is going to be a third temple. Uh, the question is, I think for me, is do we build it? Um, when I say we, I'm referring to the Jews. Or is God going to do it? Does he actually establish it? And I think if you have a temple that has a river flowing from it, that feeds the the land of Israel and causes the Dead Sea to come back alive. Doesn't sound like something we can build, right? So, <laughs> uh, and so I think that that I think that uh, that would be it. That that this third temple is is something that that um, that God is going to establish. Now I know that they're already making preparations for a third temple in Israel. They've already uh, they're already manufacturing all the stones uh, needed for it. They've cut them. And they're just kind of stacked. Wow! Yeah, so it's almost I didn't like know about that. Yeah, it's like they've uh, it's like they have uh, one of one of those um, what do they call those houses that are um, prefab a prefab. Yeah, it's like they've already prepared everything. You know, the you know I don't know if they've numbered all the stones, but they've got the things ready to go. There's an entire village in Israel right now that's uh, blocked off, and the only people who live in this village are Levites, and they're being trained for sacrifice. So they're because the Jews feel that the sacrificial system is still in up, place. Yeah, it will start up again when that temple comes in. So um, they know there can't be regular sacrifice without a temple. So what they're doing is they're they're making prep, preparation for a physical uh, third temple that they would build. Um, but I think the temple, the third temple that is seen in the scripture, is something that is so magnificent, so glorious, and so supernatural that it's something that God is going to build. If you remember when Moses. Um, Moses built the tabernacle in the wilderness, and then it be, that was a temporary structure. Then it became a permanent structure, and we called it the temple. But if you remember what happened is the Bible tells, God told Moses, he said, he said, I want you to build everything that you have, build it as you have seen it, um, as, I've, as I've shown it to you. So basically, and that's not, not a quote, but basically Moses is able to see the heavenly tabernacle. He's given a vision. Right. He sees into heaven. He sees the heavenly tabernacle. And basically, he copies it on the earth, which means there is a, a tabernacle or a temple already existing in heaven. The Bible actually says when Jesus died, he went and he presented his um, his blood on the mercy seat that was in heaven. So there's already one existing in the heavenly. So it would make sense that that one either comes down and becomes that third temple or God builds it here on on the earth. That's uh, I'm, the other guys. They study this all the time, so they probably probably be, have a better explanation than I do. Well, stay tuned. We'll talk more about it next week. All right, good. make uh, make notes to myself about that. Uh, I I do know this: if if the uh, rabbis and the Levites start sacrificing animals again at the temple. Mm. There will be a huge hue and cry go up. Oh, my, can you imagine uh, PETA and... Uh, the amount uh, of blood uh, yeah. that would be spilt would be enormous. Right. And right now, there isn't any um, sacrifice. There are a few... Uh, yeah, 30 seconds here. There are a few Orthodox people who actually uh, um, sacrifice. So they'll kill chickens on the day of Yom Kippur, swing it around, mm-hmm. spread blood. But 
that obviously is not biblical to do that, but there is still the understanding without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. All right, let's take a break. We've got Rush, and then we'll be back with more. Scott Stewart here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, if you listen to my show with any regularity, uh, you've heard the, the power panel on on Mondays, and you've heard R.D. Hopper talk about he still, you know, he still gives his workers health insurance, and he talks about how difficult it is to continue to give health insurance to his workers, but he does it. And I, uh, as soon as I start talking to Pat Davis, I talked to uh, uh, to R.D. and I said, "You need to call Pat Davis." He can save you because I, I, you know, as far as your health insurance comes, because RD told me it had gone up close to 60 or 70 percent, just ex- extraordinarily climbed. And I'm sure with with what we're seeing happening with uh, inflation now that that's occurring again. So uh, I've told him you need to call Pat and talk to him because Pat can help you if you're a small business person uh, get uh, cost effective insurance for you and your employees. I mean, save 30 to 50% on uh, health insurance. Uh, If you're self-employed, he can help you out there as well. This is real health insurance. It's not a a share plan. You can choose any provider that's sold in the nation. Uh, There are no co-pays, and there are many instances where you'll get a check back from your doctor or you'll get it back from uh, the hospital or the urgent care facility, and that excess money that's there goes to you instead of to the insurance company. So keep that in mind as well. You need to know more about this and to know more about it. you got to talk to the man. The man himself is Pat Davis. His number is 501 605 69 35 501-605-6935 or visit him online uh, by the name that he goes by your health plan man your health plan man.com all right scott is here in the studio with us on the uh, the dave ellswick show today and uh, we've been uh, trying to answer your questions let's see we've we've done uh, we've talked uh, about um uh, the fig tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have talked about the third temple. Uh, we've discussed that as well. And our next question is going to be, here it is. Bum, bum, bum. This is a tough one. This is always a tough one. It says, thank you so much for taking my questions from last week and uh, hearing my question being answered on the air. I'd like to ask another question for this week. And I think that this question that this listener asks is a prime question a lot of people wrestle with. Okay. How should we process the idea of pain and suffering? Mm. Is it from God? Could God use it to bring about good in our life? I think the Bible says that we are to suffer as Jesus did. Or are we supposed to fight our way through the pain and resist the situation as being evil and not from God? Maybe it's a bit of both, but it's hard to know sometimes. I'll be listening. Well, that's a good question. It is a good question. Yeah, it is. Um, been books written about that, like, yeah. you know, uh, why do bad things happen to good, good people? people? Yeah, yeah. 
who was it? Uh, C.S. Lewis, Pain and Suffering. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to get into a deep? Read that book, and it's not very. It's not a very long book, but I'll tell you what: you read a you read a sentence, and you might contemplate it for the full day. Yeah, yeah. There's a few books where I would read. You know, you read them, and you stop, and you think. I didn't get that. You got to yeah. go back and read C.S. again. C.S. Lewis is that way. Again, no, it's great. Uh, it's a tough question, and just like you said, um, you know, volumes have been written about this. So, um, you know, to think that I can sit here and answer this question um, thoroughly in uh, in a few minutes is not going to be possible. But, mm-hmm. but I think that you have to, um, as far as you know, there's ask. You know, is it from um, is it from God? Is it not from God? You you, you really have to um, discern the situation. Because there are times where no, what's happening to you is not from the Lord. It's an attack from the uh, from the enemy, and it is time to stand your ground. It is your time to uh, uh, to resist. Um, you know the you know when Jesus was in the boat, for example, and the storm came up, it was time for him to resist. And what did he do? He rebuked the storm. He rebuked the wind, the waves, and they stopped. He didn't just let the storm overtake them. He resisted the storm. So th- there are times where you are meant to resist the storms in your life. And there are other times where you're meant to uh, to discern the storm and saying, you know what, uh, what is happening here is actually um, a consequence of bad behavior. Sometimes things happen um, because you, um, the Bible says there's something called sowing and reaping. So if you sow bad seed, you're going to reap bad fruit. So some things happen um, because of um choices you've made and the seed you sow uh, produces bad fruit uh, now that is a biblical principle put in place by god but did god quote do that to you or did you just sow bad seed and you're reaping it based upon a spiritual law mm-hmm. you know people can uh, debate that so i think that um uh, there is pain and suffering in the world but it, as far as the origin of pain and suffering um we know that uh, god ordained uh his will uh, was what we saw in the Garden of Eden, and it was it was beauty, and it was Adam and Eve um, with perfect bodies, perfect brains. I mean, can you imagine having one hundred percent usage of your brain? I mean, Adam and Eve were perfect in every possible way, uh, but pain came through the enemy. The devil comes in, and he brought pain and separation and suffering, and from that came disease and the breakdown of of human life, and eventually death. So, um, you know, you can see how the enemy brings in all those bad things. Uh, but in our life, we have to be uh, discerning. Sometimes we are meant to say, you know what? Um, this is happening because of bad decisions. This is happening because of uh, seeds that I've sown. Uh, and therefore, I must then um, walk through this valley knowing God is with me. Um, but at the same time, there might be a storm that arises in your life and you say, you know what? This is actually from... Uh, from the evil one, and I meant to resist it. We've been given, the Bible says we've been given weapons of warfare. You don't use your weapons of warfare against God, obviously. Uh, they're meant to be used against the enemy. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and bringing every thought into the captivity of Christ. So so our, we've been given weapons to do warfare. And as I said, the weapon, the warfare is not against God, it's against the enemy. So uh, there are times we're meant to fight. You see Jesus doing this. For example, I mean, how many times did he go into a village or into a town and these demoniacs came up? You know, he didn't, and he had to look at that and say, you know, this needs to be dealt with, and he did it. Uh, we've been given the name of Jesus so that we can actually rebuke. The Bible says, 
you know, that we are to resist the devil so that he would flee. So when you're dealing with the devil, we're meant to resist and we're meant to fight and use the name of Jesus. And, and you can look at what Jesus did. You know, how did Jesus deal with the devil when he was being tempted? Every time the enemy came and brought a thought to him, um, his response was, it is written. It is written. It is written. So the Bible tells us that the, the word of God is the sword of the spirit. So uh, we're meant to use the name of Jesus and the word of God uh, in our spiritual warfare uh, to move away the, um, uh, the evil. Uh, but sometimes, as I said, um, suffering does come as a result of our sowing and reaping, a law that God put in place. If you want to say God did that, then you know that's a matter of uh, uh, semantics. But um, uh, the fact of the matter is there is good and evil in the world, and uh, we're meant to resist the evil and to choose the good. Well, that's what the whole book of Job is about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, God didn't cause all that. Mm-hmm. He allowed Satan to test Job because whether you like it or not, as a human being, you're God's creation, mm-hmm. and your number one responsibility is to bring glory to God. That's right. That's right. And that's what Job did. He did. In the midst of all of his suffering, he did give glory to the Lord. But it's interesting that... Um, uh, who brought all the suffering on him? It, it was the enemy. Yes, it was. It was the enemy who brought all the suffering on uh, on Job. And we can, and, you know, we can argue about, but why did God allow it, and why this, and why that? But one thing you have to remember when you're studying the Bible, you have to look at the Bible covenantially. Um, and Job lived during time. People believe that Job lived as a contemporary with Abraham, so there wasn't even the Mosaic covenant in place. The Davidic covenant obviously wasn't in place. So, you know, different things happen during different covenantal periods. The covenant kind of sets the rules for how we interact with the divine. I mean, for example, you know, if you look at the if you look at Noah, there was something we call the Noahic covenant. Well, before the Noahic covenant was in place, guess what? God could flood the earth. But once the covenant came in place, uh, the question can be asked, can God flood the earth again? No. no. He, he has, put a bow in the air, didn't he? Right. So that covenant stopped. Uh, certain activity. Now, it doesn't mean that God doesn't have the power or the ability to do it. Sure, he could. But the covenant says, okay, we've defined new parameters on how we're going to work, and I'm not going to do this anymore based upon this covenant. Job uh, lived during a covenantal period where uh, God's dealing with man was different um, than what it, is, what it is today. And you have to look at the, the Bible in that way. But it is very uh, demonstrative of um, the character and the nature of the enemy. Uh, it wasn't God who did the things to him. It was actually the enemy who who did. Yes, yeah, Satan came to the throne of God and said, "Yeah, this Job, he really he praises you yeah. and everybody. Yeah, let me take a few things away from him, and he'll and he'll curse you. Yeah, and he never did. And even no. Job's wife said to him, "Curse God and, and die.' die. And, yeah. he, and he says, "No. In the midst of my pain, in the midst of my suffering, I trust the Lord." And from the book of Job, we have that great phrase that everybody knows who's a believer and that is i know my redeemer lives mm-hmm. that comes right out of the book of job and so in the midst of his pain and suffering he said i don't understand it i don't get it i don't know why it's happening of course the, the whole, a lot of the book of job is him trying to figure out why this is going on sure. and, his count, friends. and his friends who's trying to help him but at the who end needs of the, enemies when he had friends yeah. like that <laughs> but at the end of the day he said i know my redeemer lives yeah and, and he stayed in that mode so in the and in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your suffering, know that your Redeemer lives. And what does a Redeemer do? A Redeemer redeems you from your situation. God is your help and present, a present help in a time of trouble. 
Unbelievable. 14 minutes until like that's such a positive to think about. Yeah, it is. You know, a lot of times we get into situations and you know that you didn't bring it upon yourself. It has come upon you because mm-hmm. of the enemy. And, you know, you say, why God? Yeah. You know, what, what's, what the heck's going on here? Can you, can you give me a sign kind of thing? You yeah. know? And I think about Job and I think about this guy that had everything and he hadn't done anything wrong. His whole family was taken away from him. The mm. tornado came and, and killed everybody, dropped the house on top of their heads and all that. And then, He's inflicted with boils. He took pieces of pottery and was running it down his arms and his body to burst the boils. And it just, uh, uh, yeah, the pain in the, in the suffering that was going on there. And yet he found something to praise God about. And if you read the end of the book, the end of the book is glorious because he held true. He held to his faith. And the Bible says that when Job died, he had more abundance in in, uh, in his family and in, in his possessions than he'd ever had uh, before. And um, and that's an important thing to remember. All right, 13 minutes till. Don't forget about the Cabot Emergency Hospital right there on uh, 89 on the Walmart side of 67167, 100% physician-owned, board-certified emergency physicians. They get over 130 years of experience. One of them will be at the hospital at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days. There is somebody there that is a doctor, that is uh, board certified, that is going to take care of you because they know your emergency matters. Uh, That includes the holidays, by the way. They don't take holidays off. If I say 365, that usually does include holidays. Uh, they got a radiological suite that includes x-rays and a CAT scan and ultrasound. And they've got even an MRI on campus right there at the Cabot Emergency Hospital. They have an on-site lab. That means you get your blood work back in 10 minutes, not 10 hours. And a pharmacy. And they are patient-centered. You are their number one uh, responsibility. They'll get you back, get you there quickly, get you seen, get taken care of, uh, get you home, or if it's a really bad emergency, maybe get you to a hospital. But they'll get you back to your life faster at the Cabot Emergency Hospital. All right, we're at uh, eight minutes till eight. Man, we're almost done. I'm going to tell you what, Heidi, today it's gone like whew, fast. All right, I mean, it's flown by today. And uh, the pastor's hour has really flown by, but having, uh, you know, uh, Elizabeth on today and talking about the problems they got over there in in Faulkner County with their quorum court was really fast, too. Got a tough question here for you, Pastor. I got to tell you what, I'm sure that a lot of people face this. We faced uh, what we just talked about, you know, about, uh, you know, going through tough times. I have a friend who has taken a position with a company that is hostile to the gospel and extremely liberal in their political viewpoint. Should I intervene and try to stop them, or should I take the position that they could be missionaries going into a very godless environment? Do you have any advice for me or a scripture or two that I can use to dissuade them if need be? Mm. It's a tough yeah. one. It is, it is tough. Because we're brothers and sisters in Christ, mm-hmm. and, and iron sharpens iron, so we should offer things that we think that we should offer. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't want to be construed as telling somebody how they should live their life. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming this, yeah, they said this is their friend. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you know your friend. Uh, you know your friend. Hopefully, you would know your friend's weaknesses. Um, and if you know they're going into an environment that is going to challenge those weaknesses to the point of possibly breaking them, uh, number well, let me just back up. Number one, you should, you should pray about it. Get get the mind of God on the whole thing. Uh, but if but if they if you know, I mean, let's just, I mean, you mentioned during the break, if if your friend has a trouble with alcohol and he's got an opportunity to go and work for a distillery, mm-hmm. you should probably intervene and say. Hey, you dude, think this is a good uh, idea, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, you know, or you know, you know, if you if your friend has had a uh, a point that they've had addiction to video games, you, you know, there's actually treatment centers now to get people off. Uh, oh, sure. being hooked on video games. Sure. Uh, well, you know, if you if you have a friend who's who's had to go through you know some sort of addiction to video games, it's probably not good for him to go and work in a um, a video a, you know a a gaming store. I mean. There are some things I think that are obvious that you would know. Yeah, I should step in because it's gonna. It, my friend's weaknesses are going to be bombarded every day. I know him well enough. I know her well enough. They're going to fall into it. Um, so I think you you can just probably use some common sense on on some things. But um, you know, if it's not that that clear, you're going to have to pray about it and get the um, and get the mind of uh, get the mind of God on that. Uh, but I would say in some instances, yes. I mean, I ha- I personally have known people who um, they went into an environment that what was going to happen is they were going to go into an environment that was going to cause them to have to compromise um, what they believe. Uh, maybe they had a different political viewpoint, but they're going to have to be quiet about it because they're going to be surrounded by people who mm-hmm. have a completely different viewpoint. And eventually, um, if you want to keep your job, you got to play the game. And if playing the game means you're going to have to um, – go to certain places, go to certain parties, endure certain uh, political positions, or maybe even report on them or whatever, um, then uh, it could very well cause you to um, to lose your position. And I've, I've, seen, I've seen it happen. I've seen people who've told me, well, I'm going to take this job over here. And I've warned them, listen, that this is a hostile environment. Um, you need to be careful because if, you, if you're not careful, you're going, to, you're going to slide back. And I've seen it happen. But then again, if you feel that there's a calling to a mission, be a missionary, then you have to go in there as a missionary. I did not go to the nations I was a missionary in and uh, not preach the gospel and not live my life. So if you're going to be a missionary in a place, guess what? You set the agenda. You're going to talk to somebody. You're talking about the Lord in your in your conversations. You don't assimilate so much that you forget who you are, forget why you're there. Tell you a personal testimony about this mm-hmm. all right back in the days of disco oh yeah all right now i was in radio at that time mm-hmm. i was offered and accepted a job to uh, be a dj at one of the clubs all right a fairly sizable club and uh, my job was to do nothing more than mix the music to keep the people dancing yeah all right because club knew if they kept dancing, they get hot, they get hot, they get thirsty, get thirsty, buy more booze. There you go. All right, that's the way it <laughs> works. All right. So I was out, uh, you know, doing that, but I left after one week. Really? Well, a lot of loose women out there. Wow. A lot of uh, scantily clad God. women out yeah. there, and mm-hmm. then uh, now that starts working on me. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you what I. I'm I'm the world's biggest lesbian. Okay, I love women. 
All right. And uh, trying to talk in the vernacular of today. But anyway, anyway, I had to leave. Yeah. I had to leave. If I had not, I would have found myself right in one of the biggest hedonistic things going on. That was wisdom, my brother. That was well, wisdom. Well, it wasn't mine. Yeah. The spirit was talking to me. Yeah. I felt very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's a decision in this day and age, as we approach the end of time, we have to make decisions that are best for our spirit and not best for our flesh. There's some movies I don't go see. Yep. Uh, me too. I'm just saying. No. It's just because I know that uh, they're going to affect me in a certain way. So yeah. I don't go. Yep. I'm with you. I don't. All right. It's always a pleasure to have you here, man. Same here. See, one-on-one is fun, isn't it? Yeah, it, it? is. It's it reminds me of the old days. Yes, it is. It does. All right, don't forget, uh, next week we'll answer more questions. To get your questions answered, just uh, email them, all right? BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. That's BibleGuys at SalemLR. All those questions you heard today, that's where they came from. And then I've got some stuff I want to talk about next week. I want to talk about... The time that Christ was in the tomb, what was he doing? Mm. What was his spirit doing? His body, his body was in the tomb, yeah, but his spirit was other places. Where was it? You'll find out next week when we get back together. Again, don't forget to join uh, Pastor uh, Scott over at Agape Church. What time Sunday? Ten o'clock Sunday morning. There you go. One Napa Valley Drive. Get over there. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning at six a.m. Savior, you got change. Oh, he's a chain break.